0: Leslie, Diana, Greg, Kimberly, and Dan Katrina. The Hello, how are you? Hello. Who called me Dan the man? I didn't catch Ken. you said that. Kim? <laughs> Kim's my favorite. She's always been my favorite. Anybody calls me Dan the man is my favorite. Um, <laughs> if I've not met you before, my name's Dan Roshan. I help real estate agents have no broke months. I am a member of the Agent um, collective, and I um, also have a group of my own called the Consistent Predictable Income Community. Today, I'm going to teach you about the anti-script class. Why should you listen to me? Well, you can choose to listen to me or not, but here's the, ju- the reality of it. I've had no broke months as an agent since 2008, and I've done a lot of really, really cool things in, um, in real estate sales, including writing a book, including owning a Keller Williams Realty franchise for 10 years. Et cetera, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. But the most uh, the I love Jacqueline. I love your affirmation there. I am freaking. I, you know what? I'm I'm as big of a fan of Jacqueline as I am of uh, of Kim. Sorry, Kim. You got you got just that affirmation is amazing, right? But what I'm most proud of is that I've had no broke months since 2008. Not a single month of zeros. And uh, we all know how uh, how you know hard that can be. All right. Anyways, I'm going to invite for you to turn on your videos if you could. And I'm going to ask for you to participate if you could, because the way you participate in here is the way you participate everywhere. And Autumn, we have 30 minutes. Is that right? I always forget. Yep, 30 minutes. I remember when I got my real estate license. I was waiting tables and um a place called the Capitol Grill in Washington, D.C. And if you heard the Capitol Grill, this was before they got bought in became big this was when they were independently owned there was only five capital grills in the world and this is where all the lobbyists came this is where all the senators and the celebrities and you know every single day there was another celebrity in there and i made a lot of money as a waiter but i was in my young 30s and i knew i wanted more out of my life i knew i wanted to be an entrepreneur i knew i wanted to be able to help people solve their problems to be able to achieve their goals but I was trapped in this life of making a ton of money and hating my world. I found this uh, opportunity to become a real estate agent. And I thought, great, I'm going to become a real estate agent. And now, what's next? <laughs> Six months of zeros. All right, That was before I had no broke months. Then, I was fortunate to be able to figure some things out. And I'm going to demonstrate to you some of those things that I've I've figured out throughout the time. Mostly what I've learned in this journey is I've learned to be able to prevent the problems before they occur. And what I recognize is that most agents, what they do is they react and they try to solve the problems. When I was an owner of a real estate broker, they had 150 or so agents who worked with me and every single day they would come to me, they'd say, Dan, I get, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then I started to think, well, if we're coming across the same problems, and this is across the entire country, by the way, if ages are coming across the same problems, then what if we had a conversation with our, our clients and our prospects before they hired us or when they hired us to prevent those, pro- those problems? What if instead of, us practicing scripts on how to handle objections. What if we use an objection as a red flag? Saying, dude, you screw that up, because if you would have handled the objection here, it never would have been an objection. I can handle objections, yet I prefer not to. I prefer to be able to predict the future such that those objections never occur. How did I discover this? One of my first clients, never forget them, Josh and Gina. Josh and Gina, um, they were a bit of a challenge. And I had a partner in the business at the time and she was taking Josh and Gina out to look at homes every single day. And this was back before we had DocuSign sign all that. This was when, you know, you actually hand, you know, you had like contracts, You know, that were like actually physical, you know, paper. And on the desk, when I came in the office one day, there was a stack of stack like that high of contracts that she had written that were not accepted. And I look at that. I'm like, what the heck? And I was like, well, let me try a shot at this. So I take Josh and Gina out. We take a look. We're looking at homes. And they say, Dan, I want to write on 123 Main Street. I said, fantastic. I come back to the office. Talked to my partner. My partner says, I, we already wrote an offer on 123 Main Street. I said, Well, what was the offer? She said, The offer was 450. And I said to Josh, Well, what do you want to make your offer for? He says, 400 I was like, well, oh, they didn't accept the 450. What what the heck? This is a Friday. I wrote the four hundred, fired the client after, you know, after the uh, the listing agent laughed in my face. And over the weekend, I just thought, like, what the heck just happened? And what I, it was probably my first discovery into the fact to sit there and say, you know what, the problems are predictable. What problem did I face right there? And what I believe and I know is a problem that I faced there was sabotage. Sabotage from here, from who? Sabotage from one client, from one buyer, Josh, to the other buyer, Gina, they were not aligned. And what I believe strongly is in the background, one was chirping in the other's ear, saying, sweetie, I want this home. Sweetie, I want this home. And the other's like, well, okay, I'll write an offer, but it's going to be for 400 That's the most we're going to be able to afford. And so one sabotaged the other. So from that, once I recognized that that occurred, I developed what I call the one-to-five worksheet. I'm going to tell you more about the one-to-five worksheet here in a few moments, Okay. And I'm going to tell you about the systems I developed. I'm going to share with you exactly um, how you could use those in your business as well. Before I do that, I want you to consider what is the emotional experience of your clients. And this is something that I don't hear this taught very often in the real estate world. Ever. We talk about the tactics, how to take more listings, how to do this, how to do that. You know, how to write contracts, how to use KB Core, how to use social media. But we don't talk about what is the client experiencing. I want you to write down right now some of these things. Because this is vital for you to have success. To understand the emotions of your client. To understand the experience of your client. They are scared about a relocation. They are anxious to get going. They may be nervous. They may be concerned about their kids' school. They may be experiencing a marriage, also, or a divorce. They may be having a new baby being born, or maybe their kids are moving out to go to college. Or maybe they're scared about that job relocation they're about to take. Or maybe like the closing I had yesterday with three sellers, a mother in her eighties, a father in his late fifties and a daughter in her uh, mid thirties. And they sold this home yesterday for $680,000. And there was no mortgage on it. And I can tell you that should be a blessing, and I, and I believe it's a blessing for them. I'm grateful that they're able to take that money, but here's what happened. The three of them are like at each other's. When we were in that closing yesterday, they were spitting at each other almost because they're fighting over the money. Okay, but that's a reality. I don't have to make a judgment over that at all, but that's a reality of what we experience. And lastly, maybe they have memories in this home, the, In the, the lady, the young one, the 30-some, because she was raised in that home, it was true for, for her yesterday. She said to me, she's like, Dan, this was supposed to be my legacy. I grew up in this home. I was imagining that this would be my home for the rest of my life when my father and my grandmother passed. And then arguing over money. Has anybody ever had any of those experiences in real estate sales? Has that ever occurred to you that you've had a client that that, that had that type of experience? If so, what I want you to. Yes, yeah, sit- they took the listing back. They took the listing back. They took the listing back because this was supposed to be our legacy home. And we take and they the grandfather, the grandfather took it off the market, said, you know, my grandchildren want to keep it. Yeah. Yep. So that's a reality. That's something that's real. Has anybody ever had two spouses working together and they sabotage each other? Now that you think back on it, Mm -mm. has anybody ever had somebody that looked at home after home after home and never wrote an offer that got accepted? Has that ever happened to you? Yes. Okay. So these are the realities of what happens to us. Yet, once we recognize the reality of the situation, we could be smarter about the way that we're proactive rather than reactive. Let me teach you the one-to-five script that I just ta- uh, shared with you. Here's the way the framework works. Put together a, a worksheet. Put together, and it's just a simple worksheet. You can do this in like five minutes. And basically... The worksheet's going to say, and and walk from like, you're walking from the exterior of the home through it. So you're going to sit there and you're going to say, exterior of the home, uh, what are your feelings? Don't say thoughts, what are your feelings? All right? Because feelings drive people. All right? And then you're going to say the community, what are your feelings? The neighborhood, what are your feelings? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're going to walk them through the home. Curb appeal. Front entrance. Dining room. Kitchen. Kitchen rooms size condition of the home say home not house or property because again we want to appeal to the emotions you're going to put all that on a worksheet all right but that's not the that's not the the um, that's not the hack at the bottom of that worksheet you're going to use what you're going to put the numbers one two three four five now here's the way you're going to use the worksheet you're going to take the worksheet you're going to put it on a clipboard i don't have a clipboard no, i got you got to put it on a clipboard don or Dane, yeah. one question are you asking the that your client the homeowner themselves what their feelings are about the exterior and yeah, yeah. yeah. okay you're actually gonna type you're gonna type that into like a worksheet you gotta say like at the top of the worksheet um how do you feel about and then it would be exterior condition neighborhood community right okay. and so then you're just gonna do a worksheet are they doing that with you or can they fill it out with prior time? so i'm gonna, i'm telling you that right now so hold your question because I'm, I'm, t- I'm yeah I'm, i would yeah all right but i will answer all your questions like and i appreciate it right all right so the, the form is gonna what are your feelings about and then boom, 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 boom and now what you're gonna do is you're gonna put the worksheet for each home on a clipboard you're gonna take a clipboard for each buyer okay and then you're gonna have a third clipboard so when you're showing a home you're going to have on your clipboard all the homes that you're going to be showing that day. And you're going to have a one-to-five worksheet for each client. Before you go out to show the homes, you're going to have the following conversation. Miss Buyer, Mr. Buyer, I took the time to be able to put together a worksheet when we go out and we look at homes for you to be able to use so that you can independently make a decision that's going to work for the both of you. Because this has to work for each of you individually, right? Yes, yes. And it has to work for the two of you together. Is that right? Yes, yes. And so what I'm going to ask for you to do is when we go and look at homes, is I'm going to ask for you to take your notes and write down on your your notes of what you feel about the home. But here's the thing. When we're in that home, I'm going to ask for the two of you not to talk to each other. And then at the end of the showing, we're going to leave the home. We're not going to have this conversation inside the home because you never know if there's a recording device. And before we talk, I want you to rate this home on a scale of a one to five. Now, trust me, nobody ever rates it as a five. Typically, we find threes and fours that we write the offer to get accepted. So then you're going to rate the home and then we're going to discuss together. All right. I developed that procedure that framework 15 years ago from Josh and Gina. I went home and I thought, and I thought, I thought, I was like, what the heck happened? Then when I discovered what happened, I'm like, okay, it ain't going to happen again. So now what I, what could I do to make sure it doesn't happen again? I'm going to separate the two so they don't sabotage each other. So now at the end, we're going to compare notes in Mr. and Mrs. Byer. If either of you graded a one or a two, even if the other grades it a five, will we agree that we could, and I, at this point, I would, can we agree anything? that we could just throw it away. And I'll li- literally use a physicality like that. I actually need those notes. I just did that too, but thats <laughs> I'll get those later. All right. So can we agree that if you do this a one or a two, and if the other one's a five, that we're going to just say, screw it. We're not going to do it. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So now what you just did is you position it so that both are emotionally interested to buying the home. Now, a couple little nuances of what I did there. I said we're going to rate this on a scale of 1 to 5 instead of a scale of 1 to 10. The reason why I do that is because then I say we're going to, nobody, and I say this, trust me, that's an embedded command, I'll teach you embedded commands on a different class, trust me, nobody ever rates it as a 5. So what I just did there is I just ruled out 20% of the marketplace, You guys got that? So now an 80% becomes a winner. Now here's the way that you work this. Every home, you're going to give them the MLS sheet and you're going to give them the worksheet. You go to home number one, you do that. You go to home number two. You give them a new worksheet and a new MLS sheet and you leave home number one there. You go to home number three. You take away the lowest rated sheet. So now you have the highest between one and two. And you have number three. You go to number four. Same thing. So you have number four in the highest rated sheet. You go to five. Don't show more than five homes in one day. You uh, remove the uh, the. So now at number five, you have number five in the highest rated sheet. At the end of number five, and it could be less than that, but not more. What you're going to do is you're going to do what I call the hairy eyeball clues. And here's the hairy eyeball clues. Sue, Bob. Looks like you rated this home as a as a four, and it looks like you rated this home as a three point five, and that's your close, right? That's the hairy eyeball close. And you just shrug your you shrug your shoulders, you raise your eyes, and you communicate to them uh, nonverbally what the heck do you want to do here? That. Allows for them to have. That allows for you to get a decision from them. That they own. Where some agents will. At this point. Either hammer bag. Lead or do anything other than. Let them make the decision. But what you did there was. You gave them a framework for them to follow. That they don't sabotage each other. And that they make a decision. And the decision is their own. Now. Once they make that decision, if either of them are hesitant, somebody give me a hesitant... Are you guys enjoying this class? Somebody give me a hesitant uh, yes. Ja- Jacqueline, are you enjoying this? Give me a hesitant uh, yes. Oh, well, yeah. I am. Yeah. You are? Yeah. You, are be you hesitant. Sure? Well, well, you know, um, I'm not sure. No, for real, for real, yeah. right now, right now. Hold on, hold on. Right now, I'm going to ask you a question. Hesitantly answer me. Jacqueline. You woke up this morning. Were you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? No. No. That's that's the no. opposite. Yes. That's the opposite of a yes. A hesitant yes. Okay. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, bright-eyed, bushy tailed Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Is that a yes? Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. So, is it? I mean, is that a yes? Were you, were you brought on a bushy deal? No, I wanted to lay in my bed. All right. Now you take it to an extreme. Typically, what people will do when they give you a hesitant yes is they'll tie into that. And then at some point, they're going to say yes. And inside their mind, they're going to say, Aren't you freaking listening to me? You're an idiot so you, that's okay so you're saying so you're saying that you asked them if they ride out wishy tail when they woke up this morning well as an example i was trying to get a uh a real like conversation started so what would you be like, a, right yeah yeah so you get a four you get a three and a half and then the, the the man who's the three and a half says yeah i think so and then you say yeah you think so and he's like yes and then you say is that a yes? He's like yes, and then you say, "Are you sure? sure?" I mean, is that a yes? Yes, Dan, aren't you freaking listening to me? That it's in the background and is in his noise in his head. Okay, so that's it. Is that a yes script? That's courtesy of Floyd Wickman, by the way. That was okay. probably uh, most. Of so, bright-eyed bushy wouldn't work. Bright-eyed bushytail wouldn't work because everybody don't feel like that. I was being sincere. I, I know feel you feel like he he is sincere. I'm just was trying I was intending to demonstrate of what you do when you get a hesitant yes. And I just okay. made that up. So you're not gonna do that bright on bushy too. You're gonna do that when you have a hesitant yes. Okay. So you got a hell yes. Somebody gave me a hell yes before, by the way. You get a hell yes from one buyer and a hesitant yes from the other. But they both rated it above a three. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so now with that hell yes, to be able to get this other party who's a hesitant yes on board you use the is that a script uh, is that a yes framework all right and now you get them to almost call you an idiot inside their brain like you're not listening to me when somebody says to you steve yes now who owns the yes they do you guys follow me on that Mm -hmm. okay by the way, I'm not giving you scripts today. I'm giving you communication patterns. I'm <laughs> teaching you how to prevent problems. Yeah. All right. So I hope that, and we're going to do some ahas here in a bit, and we'll get some feedback on the uh, one to five script. Right. But I want to give you a few more since we have some time. Okay. So other things that typically happen before the transaction or during the transaction, again, go back to that emotional experience that they're, that they're feeling. I'm just going to jump right into it. You'll figure out what I'm doing here in a second. So, uh, Deanna, so, um, I'm really excited that you're going to buy a home. And I want you to consider that the day that you write that offer, that it gets accepted. Time out. By the way, never, ever, ever say write an offer. It's always write an offer that gets accepted. Okay, you guys all got that? Change your dialogue from here moving forward. It's always write an offer that gets accepted. Because Josh Gina wrote about 17 offers. And I learned that from Josh Gina as well. Because I was telling my partner, get them to go write an offer, get them to go right an offer, get them to go write an offer, and she did. Like, damn it, get them to go write an offer, it gets accepted. Anyways, so, when we write that offer that gets accepted, and you go home that night, I'm curious. And Dan, I'm not going to role play this with you, because i got to go through shortly, thank you. I'm curious, what do you think you're going to be experiencing emotionally? I'm curious, the next morning when you wake up and your sister gives you a call and says you're an idiot because the interest rates are too high and someone's chirping in your ear, I guarantee you, you're going to feel anxious. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to second guess yourself. You're going to have people chirping in your ear. And you're going to feel confused. Now, within three days after that, we're going to be doing a home inspection. And 100% of the time, the home inspector will find 100 things wrong with this home, even if it's a perfect brand new home. Because you'd be sort of upset if you paid somebody 500 bucks to go out and give you a review of a home and they said, eh, it's perfect. Right? Like you expect them to find things. But when they come up with those 100 things and use physicality, and they drop that on the on the floor with you. They drop that on the desk. And they say, boom, here's the 100 things right here that are wrong with this home. And remember what you're experiencing emotionally. You're second guessing yourself. You're, did I do the right decision? Someone's tripping in your ear. And at that point, you're going to go through and you're going to look through those things. And you're going to be like, I-, I want it all fixed. Not because you want to fix, but because your emotions are telling you that that's what you should do. Now, guess what? What did I just did there? I mind read. So I prevented a whole bunch of problems there. Because guess what? When they wake up that next morning, the sister's chirping in the air. And I said that was going to happen. They can discount it. And they can look at it like, dude, you know, like I knew this was going to happen. When they rate the offer that gets accepted, they go home that night and they're anxious and they're nervous. They knew it was going to happen. And when the home inspector comes and gives them 100 things wrong, they knew it was going to happen. All right, so clearly, you can see how that prevents you, your sellers, or your buyers rather, from asking for all kinds of nonsense. Okay, because it's predictable that they will. Has anybody here besides me ever had a home inspection whether you're on the listing or the buyer side and the home buyer went and asked for hundred things to be fixed. Has that ever happened to anybody? Right. This prevents that. You guys are interested. I'm doing a class next week. It's a free class. It's five days, Monday to Friday. And I'm going to expand on this because I only have 30 minutes here. And uh, it's a free class for, you know, because you're all EXP www.5daylistingchallenge.com that's 5 Leslie just put it in the chat there I invite for you to come and join us and I'm going to give you five days of instruction if this was uh, valuable to you and, and you benefited take that link register and um, and share it with somebody else as well what are your ahas we got three minutes left I get Leslie for you, uh, real quick Sorry, sorry, Chuck. Leslie's going to put the one to five script in the chat there as well to make it easy for you guys. All right, go. Ahead. Sorry, Chuck. Go ahead. It, it, that is brilliant. Anticipate and put in their mind already. Hey, you're going to get this. The interest rate's too high, as well as you're going to get a hundred things. Anticipate. You're hesitant. Yes. You look at the guy because we're always looking at the 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 wife or the female or the. We're asking about the kitchen. What about the garage? Hey, we're looking at the guy. What do you think about the garage in the backyard? Because he's going to be responsible for all that stuff. And he's he's going to give the heads of it's going to be there. Yeah. And then when they say, Chuck, are you not freaking listening to me? I said, yes. That's okay. You have a moment of discomfort. Yeah. But now they own it. That moment of discomfort is a whole hell of a lot better than them not owning it and then having a transaction from hell. Exactly. Right. What other ajas you guys got? Thank you, Chuck. Where are you located, Chuck, by the way, for referrals? Uh, Los Angeles. i in Magic Mountain, Valencia, and Antelope Valley. All right. California. Everybody, unless there's other people in Los Angeles, he's one of your options here for referrals. Who else? Oh, I'm neck of the woods. Okay, good. Then give me your referrals to Jacqueline. If uh if you're in the DMV area, DC, Maryland, Virginia. And if she's not available, i you know, I'll say I'll say hello to you, but go to her first. What other aha's you got? What questions? What observations? How do you feel? What are you thinking right now? All right. well I hope that this class was helpful and I'm going to encourage for everybody today to have the best day of your life. Be grateful. Make good choices. Go help somebody and make it your mission today to go find a listing. God bless you guys.